Hey, it's Thursday, July 7th, 2022. A group of senators are calling out the president and the Justice Department for their lack of action on cannabis. Unions have recruited a lot of cannabis employees. And more misinformation from Laura Ingram, who's blaming weed for mass shootings. So get ready. The marijuana industry is constantly changing with new laws, rules, and regulations. And whether you're working in the field or investing in it, you need to know what's happening. We keep you up to date by bringing you the latest information on the marijuana industry. So get ready, because this is the M News Now. A coalition of six U.S. senators issued a letter regarding cannabis to President Joe Biden, Attorney General Merrick Garland, and Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra. The letter requested that the Attorney General work independently to remove cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act, and also that the President issue mass clemency for people with nonviolent federal marijuana convictions. This letter was sent by six Democratic senators, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, Ron Wyden, Ed Markey, and Kirsten Gillibrand. In their letter, the senators noted that they sent a prior similar letter in October of last year. They said the response from the Department of Justice took six months, and their half-page response was extraordinarily disappointing. The senators said that in the prior letter's response, the Department of Justice said that they could not take any action because the Health and Human Services Department had not yet determined that cannabis is a safe and effective therapeutic treatment option. The senators said that they're ignoring the ability of the Department of Justice and the DEA to begin the descheduling process themselves and act independently of a health and human services determination. The senator's letter then went on to explain how the attorney general is actually empowered under the Controlled Substances Act to request that the health and human services do a scientific review of cannabis. They said, put simply, the Department of Justice need not wait on any health and human services determination to begin this process. Moreover, It's obvious that cannabis has widely accepted medical benefits, affirmed by medical and scientific communities both here and across the globe. The senators also wrote about Biden's unfulfilled campaign pledges, where he said if elected, he would decriminalize marijuana, expunge prior cannabis records, and reschedule the plant under the Controlled Substances Act. Their letter then goes on to say, The administration's failure to coordinate a timely review of its cannabis policy is harming thousands of Americans, slowing research, and depriving Americans of their ability to use marijuana for medical or other purposes. We ask that the Biden administration act quickly to rectify this decades-long injustice harming individuals, especially black and brown communities. Hopefully this second letter will prompt the government to take more effective action this time. The Teamsters Union has just announced that in the last year, nearly 500 workers at more than a dozen cannabis facilities have voted to join their union. The employees have come from cannabis businesses at dispensaries, grow operations, and distributors. Part of the reason for this growth is that the Teamsters launched a national organizing campaign for the cannabis industry early last year. And the Teamsters have called this past year an incredibly successful undertaking, and they expect that thousands more workers will join going forward. One cannabis worker, Ashley Birdsell, a Verilife in Ottawa, Illinois, spoke about her excitement to be a part of the history-making movement. She said, The Teamsters are for us workers. They want to make sure that we're protected and not just a disposable pawn for cannabis companies. The Teamsters aren't the only union that's had success with recruiting cannabis workers. The United Food and Commercial Workers Labor Union has also had great success in recruiting cannabis industry employees to join with them as well.
About a month ago, Fox News' Laura Ingram, on her show The Ingram Angle, suggested that cannabis, not guns, was to blame for the recent violent mass shootings. This month, she had on guest Dr. Kenneth Finn, who's an editor of an anti-medical cannabis legalization book. He's also a traditional pain doctor who clings to the archaic and erroneous view that cannabis is a gateway drug and has no role in pain management. While speaking with Ingram, Dr. Finn encouraged her theory that marijuana had something to do with mass shootings, but didn't offer any evidence of it. He said, We don't know the toxicology on the Uvalde shooter or this most recent shooter in Illinois, but sometimes they may be negative regarding marijuana tests, because psychosis is sometimes a bridge you cannot cross. And even though the toxicology may be negative at that point in time, sometimes the psychosis persists for weeks or even doesn't come back to the baseline. That's the big concern we have as a medical community. That's a convenient argument to say that even if a toxicology report comes back negative for marijuana, that cannabis could still be to blame. Examining their interview really shows a lack of evidence, but it does show a surplus of scare tactics. Last month, Minnesota's governor signed legislation that the state house passed, which allows adults to possess and consume hemp-based edibles and beverages that contain up to 5 milligrams of THC per serving. This week, the House Majority Leader of the Minnesota House of Representatives said that passing this bill had been an intentional legislative first step with plans to move on to broader marijuana legalization. The Minnesota Republican representatives have opposed cannabis legalization, but many signed this latest bill. And since the signing, many GOP members have expressed reservations about the edibles provision in the law that they just enacted. But House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler emphasized that that new legislation was debated and passed in a public forum, which the GOP were a part of. He did add, though, that he and his colleagues were strategic by not necessarily publicizing the edible policy change in the new law. Winkler said, We absolutely did this on purpose. It was an intentional step forward. Minnesota's Democratic governor, Tim Waltz, is supportive of marijuana legalization, and so he was happy to sign their proposal into effect. The governor's previously signed other legislation which expanded the state's medical marijuana program, including allowing patients to access smokable cannabis products. Polls show that 50% of Minnesota residents are in favor of legalization. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates. And follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later. Later.